Hello, this is audio at 12.39 on a day that will go down, really down in history. It, um, it really leaves me pretty speechless and I'm not able to go with the flow. I mean, flow is a misnomer, but you know how it seems to be a kind of almost a a necessity to go with the flow. Well, it's really choppy. It's really more than choppy. It's very hard, difficult, and I don't like it. I was very sad that Mark Fisher self-annihilated. I didn't know him personally, but I loved his voice, actually acoustically, but his literary voice, his delivery, and the sense he made of no sense and I thought his no future like the one which Johnny sang Johnny Rotten would see us all alive after all sharing a joke an existential squeeze of mirth out of the mire yes he was the champion of happy Sisyphean somehow resistant thought and I loved his yes his use of language oh well fuck that really sad I think I have to write some notes for next time I can't rely on this the exit through the top of my head it's a floodgate and uh, you know as last time I made so many attempts and they were all getting sort of bleaker and bleaker. I thought I'd got to one that was quite cheerful and it was really talking about a beautiful funeral mass in Tipperary and and how warm all the mourners were with each other and how so many different types had gathered together because... Therese, who had died, who's the mother of Shane and Siobhan McGowan, had been such a wonderful woman and had opened herself to all sorts. And there we were, all sorts, getting on with each other. And as Siobhan said, she left us with love and she goes with our love. It was really pretty amazing. Anyway, I thought that it wasn't too bleak, but I sent and I sent it off. But uh, I checked it with Jem, and he said, "Do you really want to tell the world your X or Y or Z for X or Y or Z? You could uh, substitute for X something depressing for Y something." too confessional for Z something maybe too I don't know too dire and I thought am I really telling the world it feels like I'm telling myself in a highly contradictory voice but I want to be telling my story and as a story that touches or could touch others I'm not just trying to get off on 
hearing the sound of my own voice, and I don't want it to be depressing. I don't. We can't be depressed. We can't all be stopped in our tracks. I want to add some fun, and I thought I was. I really didn't think it was that bleak. Anyway, then I changed it into a rather, well, I don't know, a rather inconsequential piece of talking to the background of Jem and Bonzo playing. And Bonzo, you know, does continue to give great joy and puppy class does continue to give great instruction. I think I am learning some wisdom, assertion, not aggression. And certainly, and certainly this valuable advice about the voice never to shout or you get a barking dog I do remember Liz Rhodes my tutor at the Slade asking me you know why I spoke so fast I said ah are you saying that the uh, speed and volume of a woman's voice is a feminist issue and she looked back with that sort of analyst's look as if to say what do you think well I think it is a feminist issue. Anyway, where was I? Well, I haven't got the hang of anything yet, and I do feel time is wearing thin. Or fat. I I, <laughs> I don't know. I was telling stories with Olive last night, Olive, my granddaughter, and she invented a marvellous land where frogs just wanted to kiss frogs, and everyone seemed to be rather equal in the land. And a jealous fairy appeared... She'd gone on rather a long time, so I wanted to lose her. So she vanished into thin air. Um, yeah, no point reinventing the wheel. That good way to get rid of unwanted characters. Oh, and if only they would vanish into thin air. But a smart-ass elf, who could have been me, asked why she hadn't gone into fat air. So that's probably why I mentioned things disappearing into thin air or fat air. I do think it's quite interesting, this 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 whatever stream of consciousness thing, because it really does impact on what it is to tell a story and what aspects of an experience, you know, are are making their way into this off the top of the head out outburst and how it how it all comes how it all comes about. It's a curious time and I went to see a rather grand old hippie guy who deals in flower remedies and he seemed to take a very stern approach to my storytelling. It's rather tightly scripted, happy ending, happy ending stories that I apply to life rather rigidly, I think he's, he thought. He seemed to think it was good that my happy ending story with my mother had blown apart and and that she was in a home. I, I couldn't quite agree with him, but he, uh, yes, he gave me some other, well, should we say viewpoint, another story even, another version. I think he thought I was a bit of a martyr, but I think I'm a bit of a martyr too. Sometimes I think, yes, martyrdom is, is a subject that isn't much discussed and maybe should be, or could be, could be, better, less punishing, um, you know, because like suffering, it was once overprivileged. Well, it is overprivileged in some some sectors, 
but it isn't really opened up or discussed much. I was thinking of wisdom because rather <laughs> rather generously um, some recent audio art holes were tweeted with the uh, promise of weekly wisdom. I, I certainly wouldn't go that far. As I say, I haven't, haven't got the hang of it. But I think something about a voice in doubt, especially an older voice, is maybe what I want to share at the moment. Penny Arcade spoke of wisdom um, in a in a quite compelling way, but I wasn't altogether sure. I agreed. She said, you know, by the time we've got it, it's too late. But of course, it's not too late to share. And I actually don't think it's too late to apply to a life that has some time left in it. If if we have any time left, you know, might as well be a little bit, you know, wise. Uh, uh, wiser. <laughs> Easier said than done. And but it, it it kind of seems imperative now, and and to to laugh, but. I'm not quite sure how the laughter goes. My mother, who is not laughing, certainly not with me and not very much at all at the moment, told me with actually some delight that she found Donald Trump most amusing. She said he was on the television. He didn't seem to have many friends, but he just got on with it and he was so funny. I just laughed and laughed. I went, oh, that's nice, that's great. I was telling this to the osteopath who was helping me, uh, helping my back, um, which was in spasmic agony, and uh, we laughed at this. And he said, actually, he'd been treating, he didn't mention her by name, but a renowned feminist in her 80s, and she too said she found Donald Trump most amusing. Oh, well, maybe I'm too young for that. Anyway, better be off now, and thank you for listening. Bye. I don't know where that bye came from. Bye for now.